Welcome and thank you for checking in at the Inner Game of Change podcast, where I focus on exploring the multi-layers of managing organizational change. My name is Ali Juma, and you're listening to the Inner Game of Change podcast. My guest today is Heather Hansen, a TEDx speaker, an author, and a global communication expert. Through her passionate work, Heather helps leaders show up, speak up, and inspire action in a changing world, with a particular focus on fostering unmuted communication cultures. In this episode, as well as chatting about her book, Unmuted, Heather and I chat about how and why it is important that we unmute our voices as change practitioners. I'm grateful to have Heather chatting with me today. So Heather, thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, in the Inner Game of Change podcast. Uh, thoroughly grateful for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you so much. Um, Heather, today we're all going to talk about communication. Uh, we are going to touch on your book as well. Uh, but really the topic today about how us as change practitioner, practitioners become good communicators. And, um, mm -hmm. and I would like to hear your thoughts around it. But before we dive deep into the topic, it would be great if you can introduce yourself to my audience. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity. My name is Heather Hansen. I am the founder of Global Speech Academy, which is a communication training and consulting firm based out of Singapore. Uh, we've been in business about 15 years, but I've been in the field even longer. My whole life has been focused on communication, starting back in high school in the United States, uh, doing speech and debate competitively. It's a big sport there, you know, and I was ranked All-American in the top 20 in the nation. By the time I graduated, I was always is very focused on how to communicate and persuade and get a message across clearly. And so I went off to Denmark after university uh, to be with my then boyfriend, now husband, still husband. So all went well in that story. It could have ended very badly. Good job. But we spent yeah. some time in. Yeah, <laughs> we spent that some was time done in through Denmark. the communication, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You need a lot of good communication mm. for the for the cross-cultural relationships as well, yes. uh, which I've really lived in my life. And now I have third culture children, of course, who are being raised in Singapore. Right. And so yeah. eight years I've spent in Denmark, back and forth, 12 years in Singapore. Um, I've worked all over the world with top leaders in multinational companies who are trying to enhance their own communication, present themselves and their company well, as well as build stronger relationships within their teams, especially now that so many are dispersed and working remotely. Yes. Uh, so, so my company really touches on all those areas of cross-cultural communication, presentation skills, professional executive presence, building good relationships, empathy. Uh, so you name it. If it has to do with global communication, we're, we're talking about it all day long, every day. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've got so much to share with us. Uh, at different levels, I know you focus a lot on leader leaders and unmute mm -hmm. unmute themselves. I want to flip that, and I want to say, Heather Hansen, how can us as practice you know change practitioners unmute ourselves mm -hmm. and have a seat mm -hmm. at the table or the decision making table? 
Wow. You're probably the most important people who need to be at the table. And mm -hmm. I think, first of all, you have to understand that at a very deep level, there's no room for imposter syndrome or any of that. You are the ones who are driving the change of the organization. And right now, especially more than ever before, we need a lot of change. And the people in our organizations want change. They're expecting change. So more than anyone, uh, I hope that all of your listeners are the ones who are ready to unmute and start speaking up. I know that it isn't always easy, but we can look at a few different elements and, and I'm sure we'll go into it in our conversation today about how we can start claiming that power, stepping into that power so that we can inspire others. Because I think at the core, that's really what your job is as a change practitioner. It is to bring together a strategy and inspire others to follow that. So you, first of all, need to see yourself as the influencer in the company and start building the relationships necessary to support that. Fantastic. And I always believe, um, Heather, that our job, apart from the, the tactical side of it, our job is really is to be influencers and relationship builders. And, 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 Absolutely. You, and you cannot be effective in those two areas without effective communication. If, if somebody says good communicators are confident, um, where does the confidence come from? Well, I think confidence has to do with two different things. You have both your self-confidence, so your internal self-worth. Do you believe that you're here for a reason, that you have something important to share, that your ideas are good? That self-worth is one driving force of our confidence. Mm. The other part is what I call skills confidence. Yes. So do you feel that you have the capability, that you have the language skills, the presentation skills, the presence, uh, the charisma? Do you feel that you know how to give a good presentation or tell a good story or influence and persuade? Do you actually have the technical knowledge for that. And sometimes having enough technical knowledge can start to override that self-confidence that you're lacking. But really, in all the years I've been working with, with high-level professionals, I find that unless that self-worth is strong, we compile all the training and all the skills and all the technical knowledge on you that we want. It's going to be very hard to stand in your power and influence and persuade others. So you need both of those elements. You also don't want to be overly confident. I'm the best in the world. I have all the greatest ideas, yes. but then you don't have the technical skills for communicating them in a way that lands, that influences, that makes an impact, right? So you need a nice balance of these two things. And most of the time we are actually pitch our strategies to the sponsors and the stakeholders um, and and completely agree. I, I think the competency is a, is a major factor. I do believe that even if you are confident, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a person and as a professional by nature, if you lack the competency, then unfortunately you're going to lose credibility. And yes. if you lose credibility, then you'll have less listening ears to your strategy. And it's got this, mm -hmm. you know, spiral effect. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely would. And I think there's a flip side to that as well, because we also tend to have a bias toward 
believing that people who are confident and present themselves well and eloquently actually do have the technical knowledge. And these two things are not linked. So it could go either way. Someone with a lot of confidence, if they have the technical knowledge as well, then wonderful. Okay. They're going to shoot straight up to the top. But what's scary is the person who is very confident and very eloquent, has a good speaking style, uh, an accent people like to listen to, uh, the look, the gender, that they fit the the prestige ideal of what we want to listen for and who we think is a leader, they can just as easily skyrocket to success much faster than someone who has all the skills and technical ability, but is not as eloquent. So our bias for eloquence, whatever that might mean in whichever context you are in, whichever culture you are in, that unfairly helps those who can kind of just fake it till they make it. Uh, And we see this across the board. If you look at our political leaders across Mm. the world, if you look at a lot of different things, there are people that we know are mediocre in their skill set, but have come into powerful positions due to the fact that they're able to influence and persuade and be eloquent in the minds of the masses. And that's a little bit scary. Mm. How do you define eloquence, um, Heather? I think it's going to be different for all different contexts. So the Western world versus the Eastern world, for example, are going to define that very differently. So a lot of cross-cultural issues come into this. But I think overall in global business, it's still very much dominated by the Western ideals, Western ideas of leadership, uh, Western philosophies. And so the eloquent speaker is one who comes with an enormous amount of confidence, is not afraid to stand up and voice their opinions. Likely they are dominating the meeting. They come with a ton of ideas. They don't always listen to other ideas, Mm. but they're very good at communicating their ideas. And then people sit back and go, oh, that just sounds so nice. And oh, he must know what he's talking talking about because look at how eloquent he is. Uh, He really knows his stuff, but you have to remember, and I use America as the example because I am American and I've grown up in that system. We have been taught how to stand up and speak since kindergarten, five years old, bringing my teddy bear to school and show and tell standing up in front of my class. This is my teddy bear. I love my teddy bear. His name is Teddy. Uh, This is why I love him. I take him everywhere. And we do that from age five. And we know how to string a sentence together. We know how to sound like we know what we're talking about. We know how to speak off of the cuff. Mm. And that gives us an immediate advantage in, in the global marketplace. And I would say this is true for a number of Western native English speakers who are competing in global companies. They can walk into a room and dominate the discussion and get a lot of respect simply because they sound so good and they're nice to listen to. And that's due to growing up in other parts of the world and watching all the Hollywood films and growing up on YouTube, now the younger generation and the way media impacts the entire world. So there's a whole underlying discussion here around um, bias, unconscious bias, discrimination, linguistics, culture that we sometimes forget, but it becomes very apparent if you're in multinational and multicultural, multilingual teams and organizations. So that's just one more little challenge for the change practitioner to be thinking about uh, who exactly is your audience and are you communicating in a way that will impact them, impress them, meet their expectations. Mm. And that's something we sometimes forget to think about. I've got a little framework that uh, uh, I've learned about uh, recently. It's, it's, it's aim, really simple. It's um, who is your audience? What's your intention? And what's the message? Exactly. 
Yeah. And that's where it starts is who is your audience and do you really understand who they are? I think for change practitioners, when you were talking about, you know, that you need to present to the stakeholders, I think the first question is, are they the right stakeholders? Yes. Because when we look at change in an organization, there's a company I partner with in Denmark called Innovisor, and they're basically a data analytics company, but they look at data differently. They run short surveys within the organization in order to map the social network and graph. So who is connected to whom? Who is communicating with whom? You can look at it in black and white on a sheet of paper. Mm. You know who is involved in the discussion and who is not. And what they found through their years of data collection is that only 3% of the organization is influencing up to 90%. So if you're going to start change in an organization, you start it with those 3%, those people, because they are the ones who, when they are on board, they will spread it through the company. Now, what's interesting is they'll ask leadership before they run these surveys, just for fun, who do you think are your influencers? Who are the 3%? Leadership has never guessed correctly. Mm. They've never known. And leadership is never in the 3%. It's, you know, Anne in accounts who leadership doesn't even pay attention to, but she knows everyone's children's birthdays and yeah. all about their pets and is friends and has built these close knit relationships with so many people in the organization. She's known, she's liked, she's trusted. If she believes in a change and gets behind it, that spreads very quickly. Mm. So looking at the right people, knowing for a fact who the correct stakeholders, who the absolutely correct internal influencers are, that could be an enormous leap for change practitioners to make sure they're starting with the right people. And really, if you can be one of those influencers, that's going to be the best because that's what we really need is for you to be that influencer who's built those relationships because then people want to follow you. Uh, but again, that's going to come down to the relationship building skills, the communication with your people, with your colleagues in the organization. Fantastic. And I I always think as well that sometimes if we don't have really the confidence to communicate or we actually don't have the capability um, to communicate effectively, uh, it's a miss for the stakeholders because we've got so much insight and information that will be worthwhile listening to. And if we don't have the right way to communicate it, then it's, uh, um, you know, the stakeholders are missing out on good information. You're absolutely right. Your ideas are a gift. And mm. I think that's what people forget. You know, it's the same when I speak with groups of salespeople. Oh, I don't want to be salesy. It's you're not selling. You're offering a solution. You're offering a service. As a change practitioner, it's the same. You're offering new insights, new ideas, new ways of thinking. This is an absolute gift, what you do. And it is, it's, if you're holding back, you know, that's not helping anyone. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, that sometimes does reframe it a little bit. So people have more confidence to share, but also don't discount listening and the power of listening, because I think the best influencers are incredibly good listeners and they know their audience really well because they stop and listen to them all the time. So they know everything about everyone. They know their, their fears. They know their dreams. They know what's, what's driving them so that they are then able to communicate in a way that, that resonates with that 
person and those those individuals. So listening is also something that shouldn't be forgotten when we're so focused on unmuting, unmuting and sharing our message. A huge part of that as well is remembering when to press mute and listen to others around us and understand them better. Absolutely. And I I want to add more to this. Um, There's a good mix of us in the change practice community that are contractors. So we get brought Mm. from outside the organization. We are not part of the organization. And so we need to, you know, very quickly understand the culture, the context, gather a lot of information, and you will not be able to navigate through an organization, an established organization, and you are an external person unless Mm -hmm. you have those interpersonal skills where people can actually um, allow the time to talk to you. Um, But I also find that um, you talked about uh, listening Uh, understanding your audience. I also want to add the piece around it's really important to gather as much information as possible so you can share the insight of that information. And so if an organization or stakeholders will hear you talk, they're the owners of the business, they know the business inside out. And so if they hear you talk about real stuff, real challenges that they already have, then that's already a a, a bonus point in terms of getting their attention and time. So true. And as an external practitioner, and I mean, that's me as well, right? I go into companies from the outside yes. and I know how difficult it is to learn the lay of the land as quickly as possible and figure out who are those influencers. Because if the people in the company don't know, I can guarantee that you won't know coming in from the outside. Mm. I don't know that either. And that's why, you know, we collect as much data as possible. That needs analysis and discovery phase is so important if we're going to create real change in the organization. And that's going from, you know, influencing the top leadership who's going to create that budget and decide on how intensively we're going to look at that change, but it goes all the way down to, you know, going through HR and then the individuals that we're working with and working from the top down and the bottom up. So there's so many moving pieces and you have to be so quick to be able to get in and build those relationships and convince the leadership to give you that access, because that's really what it comes down to. We need that access to be able to gather that information and we have to build the trust from the first moment we meet that we can be trusted with that information mm-hmm. and then analyze it appropriately and bring our insights back. So it, yeah, it's a very complex job. It right? is. And it is. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't always think of myself as a change practitioner, but in a way, yes, that, that is what I'm doing <laughs> because I'm, I'm coming in and trying to change yes. yet. Yeah. A lot of times training professionals aren't looked at that way, right? They're looked at a, at, as a vendor, come in, do a day of training, leave again. And that was some of the frustration that led to me writing Unmuted because I was saying, look at this isn't the way communication works. Mm. Communication is a long-term change. If you want to have an unmuted environment and an unmuted culture, that goes through the entire culture. And it's not just the one person who's going to improve their presentation skills because of this two-day course that they went to. Um, It's all across the board, creating an environments of psychological safety where people can speak up, where they can communicate with each other and build those relationships. Um, So it really is an entire change process that has to happen from a communication perspective as well within these organizations. Nice segue to your book. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your book? And I hope in the future I'll get you back, uh, Heather, and we'll talk specifically about your book. But uh, 
very quickly, why did you write it? Um, who is it for? And uh, what are some of the nuggets in the book? Sure. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, yes, Unmuted, How to Show Up, Speak Up, and Inspire Action. Mm. So this just came out this year from Bloomsbury in the UK, uh, but it's available everywhere. And it came about because of, first of all, that frustration I just mentioned yes. about being a training provider who was just ticking off a checklist uh, after performance reviews, knowing that change was not really happening and that we had to look at communication from a much more holistic perspective. Uh, more than that, another point we touched on earlier, I was tired of listening to the same voices, these same people who simply because they were eloquent, were getting the attention, were getting the promotions over the people who were actually knowledgeable and contributing. And I thought we need those people to unmute we need them to start showing up. We need them to be sitting at the table mm. and sharing their ideas because I refuse to believe that this is as good as the world can get, that we've reached the pinnacle of human potential. If we have, that is so incredibly scary. Mm. So there have got to be so many people out there with bright ideas who are not sharing them. And that is a disservice to the world, as you rightly pointed out. Yeah. Uh, so those two things came together. And then finally, we were in the middle of the pandemic and every meeting I got on was, you're on mute, you're on mute, you're on mute, you're on mute. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought, wow, actually, I realized at that point that even before our virtual meetings, there were a lot of people who were on mute, that were on mute in their families, on mute in their communities, in their workplaces. And I thought we need to make this change. The pandemic just showed us it was a magnifying glass. It brought into focus those people who were already on mute. It's just now we saw it because their cameras were off and they muted their microphone and they hid in the background. But they were no more visible during our normal face-to-face -face meetings, yes. they sat quietly. They didn't speak up. They took their notes and left. So this has been happening a long time. And I feel like we're at a point in our world where we need to see a shift. We need those ideas. We need those people speaking up. We need to bring forward more of our human potential here to solve problems that we've never dealt with before. And, and so that was the force behind writing the book. And then the book itself is look, taking a very holistic view of communication from uh, looking at a Venn diagram of conscious, confident, and connected communication and how those three parts come together to help us to stand in our power and show up in the world and inspire others to both follow us, but also inspire them to do the same and speak up and follow our example. So that's in a nutshell, uh, what Unmuted is all about. Congratulations. It sounds like a fantastic book. I've already ordered my uh, copy and, uh, oh, thank uh, you. and, and I, um, uh, you're welcome. And, and, and I just want to hear your thoughts through the book. Um, I am an old fashioned. I need to hold a book in my hand and read it. Me too. <laughs> and it smells good and it looks good. I, I'm the same. I mean, yes. you, we're on video call right now, so you can mm. see all the books behind me. But yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, I always have a huge pile of books I want to read. And ebooks don't do it for me. But I also did the audiobook for those who do want to listen to me for five hours and 21 minutes. The audiobook is also available. Fantastic. I, um, we are coming close to the end of the podcast, and I'm really enjoying this conversation, Heather, and, and appreciate your time. What are some of the pieces of advice you can provide us as a change practitioners to unmute ourselves and earn our our um, uh, place, uh, you know, mm -hmm. our seat at the table, and and operate from a partner mindset rather than somebody's higher than me or I am higher than somebody else. 
Yeah. I love that you just brought up that partner mindset, because I think when you go into companies with the mindset of we're on the same level, we're just people, we're working together toward the same goal. There is no higher or lower. If you take away all the power politics that can make you nervous, some people are very intimidated by going in and having to meet with the C-suite. They're just like us, you know? Uh, And then other times they might get a chip on their shoulder and think, oh, well, I'm the expert. I'm the one who has something to share when they go into people who are at lower levels in the organization. And that's equally destructive. You need to go into every conversation with that partner mindset, which I absolutely love the way you phrase that. Uh, And that takes away so much of the anxiety around building the relationship, enter these relationships, just wanting to understand, being curious, listening, um, find out who those stakeholders are very quickly, the influencers, and they may not be who the company tells you they are. So dig deeper. If you go in with this immense curiosity about learning about that organization before trying to solve the problems you think they have, or before trying to enact the change you think they need, but go in with first the curiosity of understanding, I think that will help you to build the relationships and step into your power. Um, More than that, try to find out what What's holding you back to begin with? Is it because you're intimidated by the higher level yes. uh, professionals or, you know, what is it that holds you back and how can you start overcoming that? So actually in Unmuted, we start the book with a whole section on who are you? What are your values? What do you stand for? What's holding you back from becoming more confident? And if you do that deep work and analysis, I think that might be enlightening for, for a lot of people. Fantastic. Well, I hope my listeners will listen to this and Yes, there's always, uh, the deep work is always work in progress uh, for all of us, yes, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, um, Heather, how would listeners reach out to you and how would they get a hold of your book, which we're going to put in the podcast anyway? Yes, well, it is available on Amazon in Australia and throughout the world. Uh, so you can find it there. It should be in local bookstores as well. Um, you can find me online on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people there. Or you can also go to my website, heatherhanson.com, or my company's website, globalspeechacademy.com. And I'm always happy to hear from, from people and hear their perspectives on this great subject. Fantastic. Um, I'm loving this conversation. We're going to put all the information about you, Heather, in the podcast. Um, um, I really appreciate your time. I'm grateful. You made me think about a couple of things myself as well because I'm learning. Um, And I can't wait to have you again and talk more about your book. Uh, But until next time, stay well and stay safe. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. To know more about my guests and this podcast, check the innergameofchange.com.au website. And remember to subscribe. I can't wait to share with you my next episode. Until then, stay well and stay safe.